Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Silcox. In this week's edition of Insight, it's all doom and gloom for the insurers, with Fitch ratings predicting Australian insurers will find it harder to pass on higher reinsurance costs. With UK regulators cracking down on loyalty taxes, will Africa force Australian insurers to follow suit? And you wouldn't believe it, but regulators make the best stories. AFCA released details of the number of small business insurance complaints it received in the last financial year. Hello, everyone. I'm joined by Terry McMullen, publisher of Insurance News. Terry's well-placed to comment on an article about the Royal Sun Alliance takeover, as he was working there when they first entered Australia in the 1830s. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I'd also like to welcome John Deeks, our managing editor. John's been with Insurance News for six years, but he's hoping to get out for good behaviour soon. Hello to you too, John. Good morning, Andrew. Some of the biggest stories in this week's news paint a very gloomy picture for insurers. Terry, we go into some detail in the local section of Insurance News website, but what are the key points of the Fitch Ratings Report? I think Fitch is is giving us a, a fairly clear warning that Things have been so bad for the insurance industry that we might have ignored the fact that um, we also have problems right across the the business spectrum. And as a result, um, we really have to take into account the fact that even though reinsurance rates are going up because of of all the disasters, both here and and overseas, I mean, we're, we're up for $6 billion for last summer. The most recent hailstorms have cost us another $300 million. Um, and you've got a very, very low investment environment happening at the moment. So insurers, I think the, the return on equity last year was 4%. That's mm. pretty hard to run an insurance business on that sort of return. But what Fitch is saying is that while you're looking at all this, um, you should be taking regard for the fact that for the past two years, you've been ramming through some pretty substantial, justified but substantial uh, premium rises. But the ability of the, of the uh, business sector to keep absorbing those sorts of rises is very limited. So it looks like, once again, that we're talking about a hard market and not just a hard market, but insurance affordability. Worse than that, the report does seem that insurers are caught between a rock and a hard place. I mean, what can they do about it? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I think they're going to have, I think you'll you'll be seeing a lot more drive for innovation. But the the whole thing is that that the market is also changing. People people are looking for more flexible insurance products. Uh, Insurers are looking at at using technology more to lower their costs, which incidentally have been up a, a fair bit over the past couple of years. I don't exactly know what they can do about it. Um, the, after all, insurance is a business and business is about making a profit. It's getting very, very hard. Um, obviously, I think they're going to have to start pushing down into the micro areas of their businesses and seeing what they can and can't afford. Um, this is really bad for not only do we have a hard market, but we have a market that, that has a very, very low appetite for risk right now. And that's that's pretty dangerous for the commercial sector in particular. Mm. 
And is that consistent with um, other reports, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the latest Marsh Index, which we also highlight this week, says commercial rates in the Australia-dominated Pacific market rose a record 33% in the September quarter. So the market is still hardening at an unprecedented rate. Uh, but I think what Fitch is saying is that there's a limit to how much further we can go before insurance becomes unaffordable for some. And that's what we're starting to see out in the surveys and submissions, such as the AI group poll that we've reported on in recent weeks. So moving on, um, John, I want to get your input on this. There's no cricket, but why do we care about the UK and the proposed ban on the new customer discounts? Well, Andrew, much like England's captain, Joe Root, the UK regulator is setting an example here for the rest to potentially follow. Uh, as we reported previously, the FCA has had enough of insurers tempting new customers in with generous discounts and then making their loyal, renewing customers pay for it. And so there's a ban in the UK on the practice uh, pending following some consultation. Uh, the question is, could Australia follow suit? There's no sign of it at the moment, and a recent AFCA ruling backed insurers' rights to discount new business. But actuarial firm Finity believes it is perfectly possible. Regulators talk, they say, and one often follows another's lead. You know, my personal view is that the loyalty tax or new customer discount, whatever you want to call it, it just doesn't sit right. Um, I know a lot of sectors do the same thing, but loyalty should be worth something in insurance. And as a consumer, I don't want the hassle of switching insurance provider every year just to get the best price. I'd rather pick a good policy and a good provider and then stick with them. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't totally agree with, with John on, on this one, simply because I do believe that insurance is a business that there is a cost to acquiring new customers and the fact that insurers take on a slightly more risk to acquire that customer plus the cost of marketing etc etc um i think it really it's it's just a, a fact of business life that to acquire the customer requires a totally different approach from uh, actually retaining that customer and particularly in personal lines, most people stay with an insurer for somewhere on average about seven years. Um, but acquiring them requires a, a totally different skill set. And so, Terry, if they are introduced, as um, you know, we're led to believe by the FCA suggestion, I mean, what do the changes mean for here, here in Australia? Well, we haven't had those changes, and certainly we've seen from a, a recent AFCA um, finding that that they go along with the, the belief that, with my belief, if you like, um, I, I always worry about seeing things happening with the FCA in particular in, in the UK, because it does seem to be a very activist organisation, and uh, I really see that, that ASIC and APRA are a lot more middle of the road, if you want, in their approach to business and consumers. But I think you also have a problem, um, we, you could have a problem, let me put it that way, with the ACCC, which certainly takes a more activist approach. Mm. Just one point, further point on that, is that um, talking to Finity, they did make the point that 
the situation is worse in the UK. Um, personal lines are hugely competitive over there because of the proliferation of comparison websites that we don't have at this stage here. Um, and the FCA pointing out that insurers are actually they're actually targeting customers that they think won't switch and price walking them, that's the phrase they use, price walking them into basically unfair premiums. Um, that's not necessarily the case here. Uh, and so we haven't seen the same level of action here. That's yeah. true. The, 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 the comparison sites in Australia are really sort of hogtied by the fact that the major personal lines insurers, which are basically IAG and Suncorp, uh, won't allow the comparison sites to use their figures to, to actually lure customers. So the, the influence of the comparison sites is, is a lot less in Australia. Very true. Um, so I mentioned it at the start, but we can't ignore um, Royal Sun Alliance's takeover offer from the Canadian Danish Consortium. Terry, RSA have almost as long a history in Australia as yourself. Um, what's notable about this, uh, about this takeover? I think it's it's just a little bit of history that, that that's quite interesting because Royal and Sun Alliance. I mean, there was a Royal, there was a Sun, and there was an Alliance, and they they formed uh, in the last thirty years into uh, RSA. They decided in two thousand and two to bolster their reserves by selling off assets, which included their Australian business, which was was pretty pretty large. Um, and and quite wide it, it encompassed life insurance as well as general insurance so um one of the the managers uh at uh he came from tyndall which was an originally a life insurance company is is mike wilkins who's one of the the best known people in the industry i think in 2003 he started a capital raising to actually take over the assets the, or the general insurance assets of, of uh, Royal and Sun Alliance in Australia. And from that formed Promina. Um, now that, that cost two billion, um, but then he sold it three years later to Suncorp for just under eight billion. So I think that was a pretty good deal. Not a bad return on investment there. Um, okay, and finally, in our regulator-focused roundup, this edition, um, according to AFCA, small business insurance complaints have doubled in the last financial year. John, we see a lot of these decisions that are handed down and um, your journalists uh, report on them regularly. What are some of the interesting complaints your team has reported on? Well, our reports of AFCA determinations are some of our most read. Um, I think insurers and brokers like to see how AFCA responds to key issues so that they know how to best handle tricky claims. And let's face it, some of them are just fascinating. Um, as for small businesses, we know they still make up a tiny fraction of the overall complaints, but that share is increasing and coronavirus almost certainly played a role in that. One interesting article we ran last week featured a small businesswoman complaining that she was underinsured after losing her premises to bushfire. She said the insurer should have given her better advice and increased the sum insured. But AFCA's response was simple. Insurers aren't brokers, and if you don't use a broker, the onus is on you to select appropriate cover. And not surprisingly, Niebuhr picked up that report to highlight in its own newsletter. 
Uh, and another of our articles featured a farmer who lost a shed she was planning, planning to construct in a bushfire. The policy covered farm buildings, but because the shed hadn't been put together, it didn't respond. I mean, you could say, what's the difference between a shed and a shed kit that hasn't been put together yet? But to be fair to the insurer, there's a whole different set of risks around construction and it hadn't been kept properly informed. That almost sounds like a, that almost sounds like a philosophical question, doesn't it? Uh, when is a shed a shed? Exactly, yeah. Um, in that case, the insured did use an intermediary and there's a separate complaint pending against the broker. Hmm. And I noticed um, one of the uh, popular articles this week uh, is titled Three Excesses in One Day. Skier loses dispute over multiple charges. What's that one about? Yeah, well, we, we have four seasons in one day here in Melbourne, don't we? But uh, yeah, three excesses in, in, in one day. This guy was um, up at an alpine ski resort and um, according to him, uh, somebody opened their door into his car causing damage. There was also a scratch caused probably by a ski pole on the same day. And, and, and he admitted he also damaged the front of his car while driving into or out of the car park. And um, so three incidents uh, and his insurer charged him three excesses. Um, the, the, guy, the guy said, well, I'll pay two, but come on, at least the, the, the car door and the ski pole, that can be counted as one incident, surely. Uh, but the insurer said no, and AFCA agreed. So if he wants to claim for all three, he'll have to pay all three excesses. Proof once, proof once again that skiing is quite an expensive habit. It's also proof that you should, there are days when you, you just shouldn't get out of bed. <laughs> very true, very true. And with that note, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you to our panel, Terry McMullen and John Deeks. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com au we value your input you can subscribe to the insight podcast on itunes and all your favorite podcast platforms now we look forward to catching up again next week